If you'd like to support this podcast, go to coloradosportsguys.com and click the Amazon banner at the top of the page each time you do your normal shopping. If you go to coloradosportsguys.com and click that banner each time, you will be supporting this podcast. So go to coloradosportsguys.com and click the Amazon banner at the top of the page to support this podcast. That's coloradosportsguys.com. Thank you. Enjoy the show. From CSG Studios, high above the streets of beautiful Denver, Colorado, you're listening to the Colorado Sports Guys. They talk about sports and stuff. And now your hosts, Jeff Morton, Ross Martin, and Nate Timmons. What's up, everybody out there entangled in the interwebs, joining you once again for this lovely Tuesday evening. Of course, I am Nate Timmons. With me, as always, Ross Hips' glasses, Martin. Howdy, folks. Welcome to the Colorado Sports Guys podcast, where the West lives. Yee-hoo! And we got the king of Thornton, Jeff Morton, in the house. Wow, the king of Thornton. Thank you for listening to the Colorado Sports Guys podcast. Thank, uh, enjoy the show. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> Mixes it up every single week. Uh, joining us today in the studios, the lovely Colorado Limited Studios on 1525 South Pearl Street. We got David Starser from SB Nation's Bird Rights blog, which is a Pelicans blog who used to be the Hornets, but he's also a Colorado guy. Big time, what, Broncos, Rockies fan, but just uh, not the Nuggets. And the Buffs, too. Go Buffs. Oh, yeah. Nice. See you, baby. See you, graduate. Yes, sir. Yeah, you did join us over the summer for a special NBA podcast, NBA yes, draft episode. So was that back this again. summer? Was it 2013? Yes. Yes, it, yes, was. it was. Wow. Well, welcome back, I, Star Thank Star. you. It's good to have you, you here. Thank you very much. My pleasure to be here. Time flies when you're having fun, especially when you're in the NBA world. We got the season oh starting God. next week, basically. Next Nate, week. I am excited. <laughs> I mean, it's counting down the day. When preseason T-minus two weeks? Something like that? Yeah, the first games are like the 4th or the 5th of October. Ugh, it's crazy. Man. Hockey just around the corner, too. The sports is clicking now. Yeah, it's it is. So, Ross, we can talk a bunch of nuggets here in the next Yay! couple of weeks. Man. I'm ex- be exci- hey, I'm excited about the nuggets as well, okay? I give all sports <laughs> their due. They're equal. It's equal time here for me. Yeah. We actually ran into uh except for Except for baseball and hockey. <laughs> Other than that, all sports are created equal. Equal playing field. <laughs> equal. Equal time. Very equal. We ran into, uh, Jeff and I ran into Angelique Murray and Cheryl Bradley at the SB Nation meetup on Friday. Starts her, uh, MIA from that event. Don't know. I was, I was not, a, there was an event. I didn't even know there was an event. We had a meetup. There was a lot of bloggers down at, uh, Jake's Food and Spirits. Bunch of SB Nation folks. Tyler Blazenski, the creator, the founder of SB Nation, was there. Wow. So Damn, you were I, totally snubbed. I, I missed out on that. <laughs> like, Dave may not be Thanks. on the email list. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Is, but... It was a rowdy. This is this got really awkward all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, what? It's not quite as rowdy as college night, but blogger night gets pretty oh, crazy. Yeah. yeah, blogger night. Blogger night is nuts. <laughs> the, that was the same night as the JaVale McGee website launch thing at there and that was that was pretty crazy from you know way 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 in the distance yeah but the the fine women who write for mile high's hockey report mile high hockey report right the avalanche blog they were talking about jones i think it's just mile high hockey 
Mile High Hockey. No yeah. report on that. Oh, there's a report. MHHR. The Mile High reports the Broncos yeah. one? Yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Just, there you go. They just add report on the end of everything. Yeah. It sounds more legit. <laughs> Denver Stiffs report, Bird Rides report, whatever. You know, one of my headlines was uh, in the spirit of uh, having Starser as a guest on the podcast today. The last time you were here, we were talking about what they were going to change the name of the blog to. That's and right. It was, I think, it was at thehive.com. Correct? Formerly, yes. Now I was, so I went to look it up today, and it is thebirdrights.com with a W. Rights with the W. W rights. So the bird is rights.com. My first instinct was this is the worst name of a blog <laughs> I've ever heard. But then I found an article here. I'm just gonna do one headline before we start officially doing headlines. Thank you. I don't know what was wrong with my, uh. Oh, it sounded terrible, wasn't it? That <laughs> was bad. These, these... I usually complain right off the bat about how I'm not loud enough, but thank you for, but anyway, it was, uh, this is when I decided to do a little research. Where's that headline? It was by, uh, Rohan. Is that your pen name? Not, not me. That's oh, the okay. editor of the site. Yeah. Rohan's a rocket scientist, a real life, like, true real rocket life scientist. rocket scientist. And a blogger. Where is it? Where is it here? Oh my god. Oh, okay. Here we go. From August 21st by Rohan, welcome to the bird rights was the headline. And then it says right in that you guys knew you were going to pick a pun. And I'm just like, the bird rights, the bird rights, the bird rights. And I was trying to see if it was a play on words. It didn't come up. Then I learned something today about, I'll let one of you guys explain it, but uh, it's uh, pretty It's a basketball term. To yeah. Be, or... It's my favorite, a part of my like least favorite thing to talk about with basketball is salary caps and all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. but, uh, but it still is interesting. It allows the team to keep their ba- – it's a basically a mechanism that came in, obviously named after Larry Bird, uh, to uh, – and if, it essentially allows the team to pay their player on their team more – than another team is capable to do in free agency. To yes. exceed, the, it allows them to exceed the salary cap. Yeah, it allows yes. them to exceed the salary Basically. cap in order to do that. You know, that's why they could give Andre Iguodala all those piles of money that he shunned away from. <laughs> that's right. He, he turned away. Mechanism turned working great for them. Yeah, like, was. <laughs> here, here is a plate full of money. Please take this. There's also some blow on the outside of it. <laughs> you can take this. And he says, No, no, no. I'm not into that thing. I need to. So are we are we jumping headlines? No, no. I just oh, wanted okay. to point that out because the bird rights, the bird rights, www.thebirdrights.com. Mm-hmm. It's a great blog, and I just wanted to uh, point that out. It's kind of like you know a follow up from our previous, uh, yeah, you know, discussion. Exactly. Yeah, you guys. You know, I'm, tying, I'm tying it together. There's a the in there. It's the bird rights. It's the bird rights. It's it was a cliffhanger. Yeah. From the last time he was on, people were just on the edge but of their the, seat. We've come full circle now. <laughs> so, but check it out though. The, the, I mean, the rebranding's done. So like new logo, new site design, everything. We're gonna have pieces obviously come up here now that preseason's getting going. The bird rights with a w dot com. So yeah, check it out. Brother, sure. check it Ooh. out. But uh anyway, should we jump on that? Now? Let's let's wait a second. I just have getting to, eager. I got to <laughs> my finger on the button. Over here. <laughs> I I just have to say. I was really, for for one of the first times ever, not looking forward to podcasting today. Then I heard the music, and I'm feeling pretty good. I'm excited. Uh, I went to that Bronco game last night, and I don't know how I put can put this, but to sum up my night, I had a forgot-to-take-my-contacts-out 
type of night. <laughs> you guys have ever had one oh, of yeah. those? <laughs> oh yeah. Very I, familiar. I, I woke up, I, 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 my mouth tasted like, like just like stale, spoiled Coors Light. <laughs> And is the uh, not taking the context out? Is that similar to waking up in jeans and your button up shirt? <laughs> yeah. I don't I was, wear contacts, but I'm familiar with the other. I was able to somehow get into my, uh, you know, get out of my clothes, but my contacts, my eyes were burning. I was very hungover today, but it was goddamn great game last night. I, I had predicted last week that I would not remember anything and not because I was like blacked out. It's just because you can't see anything with you at the game. You don't know what's going on. And that's exactly what happened last night. I, I, I kept asking my friend who I was sitting with, was that Welker? Was that Decker? Who was that? You know, I, <laughs> my contacts are old. But anyway, I'm feeling pretty happy. Oh, I'm feeling good. pretty happy. And, and now I'm pumped up. Now, and you heard the CSG music and it got it, your blood It got going. me going. All right. That's so, what we like to hear. I'm bringing it. Say, so I'm bringing it on the headlines today. I took the day off today, so I had plenty of time to uh, prepare. <laughs> plenty of time. All right, well, let's get into those headlines, Ross. How about it? Yeah, sure. You guys don't have anything to add to? Yeah, okay. From SBNation.com by Drew Garrison on September 23rd, 2013. Headline, NBA discussing nickname jerseys according to reports. Ah. According to reports. So Nate Robinson tweeted out that he's very happy with this, perhaps play that the NBA might, might pull off at some point. Yeah. Uh, what do you guys think? They said they, they asked what the Heat and the Nets to submit nickname ideas. And I guess Shane Battier submitted Batman, but he was told he's not allowed to do that because of copyright. So he did like Shaneo or something. Isn't but, that going to like, uh, neglect like, Half of the possible nicknames then? Like if you can't do Batman, Superman, I mean some guys, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's gonna throw out a lot of potential. Half the guys in the NBA call themselves some variation of LeBron too. Kind of like little LeBron. That would be embarrassing if that you had that little LeBron. Who's who's the, who's that? Oh, it's little LeBron's guarding LeBron here. Oh, yeah, I can see a difference in talent there. Medium LeBron's on the bench. Medium LeBron's medium over here. Everybody seen Baby Jordan? Anywhere? Baby Jordan. Yes. Harold Miner still in this thing. Harold Miner. No, it's. Uh, I don't know what to think about this. Um, what are the nicknames of various Nuggets? I mean, I did see JaVale McGee tweeted out a picture on Instagram with Pierre, Pierre on the back yeah. of his Pierre, jersey. Pierre, you got not excited. What? What's Nate? Does Nate Robinson have a nickname? He said he got really excited I mean, about it. And I was trying to think, what had, is Nate's? He had Krypton Nate during the dunk. That contest. was a dunk contest thing, right? That is yeah. a horrible nickname. Yeah. That's a horrible nickname. <laughs> that was just like, atrocious. <laughs> that was just his war with uh, Dwight Howard, who was Superman, right? So I mean, that was. And now he it. can't do that either. Nate Rob, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, I can't. Nate Rob I wanted to be really kind of cynical about this. It could be funny because this could be. What if the players give each other the nicknames? Because I know like Lennis Klez's old nickname was, uh, uh, damn it, Sweet Two Hundred, which is a club in Denver. <laughs> and I, I saw an interview where they asked him about like, "What is your nickname, Sweet Two And he saw a couple teammates laughing hysterically in the background. It's <laughs> like something. This reporter obviously he was from like Spain. He had no idea. I was like, something must have awesome must have happened at Sweet Two Hundred. So if you had those kind of names where you could decipher what it might mean, you know, like I think like El Busto, El Busto, <laughs> El Busto, El Busto, Tony Batista. What about negative nicknames? Do those count too? <laughs> yeah, El Busto. Uh, it's like in the Nuggets, you got you know, well, I mean, like the Pelicans would be easy. You got Unibrow, you know. Um, 
what else? <laughs> yeah, super easy. Uh, Unibrow. Uh, that's the other problem, right? If you don't have a nickname, then you're basically you're like the Washington Generals. You're just a generic. They could do it. I mean, don't they have the you know alternate jersey night throwback jersey night? They could have uh, just a night during the year where the teams could have some fun. Even like you said, if there's inside jokes, maybe we won't get some of them, but the players will have fun with it. And I think yeah. that's probably what the idea is: is that it's not a everyday thing like they're switching to nicknames exclusively right right i mean this would be like an alternative jersey i wanted to be like oh this is stupid this is a dumb idea but i, I kind of like it i think it's kind of cool but then i circled back to i said oh but then you know really what this is is just the another glimpse at the nba stance of just figuring out a way to make money to yep. sell more jerseys yep. mm-hmm. it's yet another change they're making to the game that doesn't really make the game better or more fair so then I like went from being trying to not like enjoy it right back to being a cynical <laughs> asshole again. <laughs> the, Hold on. It's easy to do with those fans. But don't the and one mixtape guys, don't they have their names like hot sauce and the professor, the professor, yeah. all that you'd have like Vince Carter, half man, half amazing, whatever. And didn't they do this Insanity. in the XFL, right? XFL. He hate me. Was the he hate one me. Then. So it is <laughs> kind of, uh, you know, it's not a totally original that. idea. No, now, what about true. the team names? Are they going to do like nicknames for the team nicknames, like like the Thuggets? <laughs> yeah, I don't think. I'm sure. I'm sure that. the Denver organization would be thrilled to have say, Thuggets there on the front repping. Very, very, very thrilled. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Pelicans would have Nopes across the front, right? Nopes. Nope. Nope. Yeah. nope. Or just Nope. Yeah. Nope. No dash P. Nope. <laughs> All right. Nope. <laughs> Next headline. Yes. Let's stick with the NBA here. Okay. From the Denver Post on September 20th by Christopher Dempsey. <laughs> Did you guys hear that? Yeah. Is that somebody's <laughs> stomach throat? <laughs> that's like, that's, that, that's that pre. Was that from yesterday? Or? <laughs> that's the, the post hangover pre heartburn stage. A little, a little indigestion in my throat there. Uh, we'll edit that out. <laughs> we'll edit that out in post. Um, headline Danilo Gallinari progressing well with rehab for the Denver Nuggets. Yeah. So that's good. When that's is good. his, uh, Estimated schedule return before the new calendar year, uh, more like All-Star break. Uh, it yeah, is moved. I, <laughs> well, it's, it is, I feel it like is, it keeps getting moved up, right? It, it kept getting moved up, and then they're now they're like, oh, it's undetermined. So uh, We've heard everything from late November to mid-January, Yeah, basically. I always, when it comes to these kind of injuries, always say it's best to say the later you know date is probably more accurate. But he... Didn't have the complete surgery. He only did, I forget what kind of treatment he got on his knee. I Voodoo. He did some sort of thing where they didn't actually go in and oh, repair yeah. it. That's right. It's only so, a partial tear. So yeah, he did something that can build it back up naturally. Yeah. So that's what <laughs> I, apparently skiers that, that same surgery. Um, Bodie Miller famously, I believe. Yeah. And he just injected his knee with like, Chianti and weed. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Whatever Italy has over there, whatever, whatever they inject into that knee is so weed butter. Surprise I, think, us. I think it. I think they have to use weed butter in the knee so it absorbs properly. Yeah. You, know, yeah. you can't just take like weed butter, straight THC. So you just like and, kind of like slather it on the knee, and you know. No, yeah, I mean, I would do that anyway, but you want to inject it. Just pouring wine on it. In it's Italy. experimental. 
<laughs> well, as, as far as I know, but as far as I know, Gallo is, you know, he'll be here this end of this week back from Italy. So and well, you guys would have been dealing with the same thing had you kept Nerland's Noel, right? You'd be waiting for the same type of thing coming yes. back from ACL. But I don't even know when his return is. I haven't heard any of the latest details from him. If, I mean, if you're Philly, they're probably going to. They have no problem sitting him down for as long as possible because they're not going to be too good this year anyway. Well, that's so. kind of the same thing with Denver. You know, if he, if he doesn't happen to come back until February, I don't really have a problem with it. I want him to be able to come back and, you know, not go back out for two months. Like yeah. if he comes back too early and gets hurt again, then what was the point of, you know, rushing back? So yeah, those those ACL injuries, uh, that's 10%, you know, physical, but 90% psychological when they come back. And that's when the new injuries happen because they adjust – too much protecting their knee and then it's something else happens with it. So I'm also I'm like I'm a little skeptical with the fact that it's not a repaired ACL, so it's not a new tendon that's gonna be then in, in there that are and those they say are almost indestructible. So this is just the same one that was hurt that's gonna be repaired. I'm, so is the benefit is not. like the cause benefit analysis of this like he doesn't have the surgery so his time his return timetable is shorter, but then again the chances of re injury are greater. I don't know. That's just I, that my... is a good question. Um, I don't know if anyone in the NBA has actually had this treatment before. So the whole anti weed butter be... thing's a pretty new <laughs> yeah. revelation. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We'll see how it goes. Fingers crossed. Yeah. <laughs> From uh, the Denver Post by Troy Rank on September twenty fourth, two thousand and thirteen. Headline: Dante Bichette will leave Colorado Rockies mm. as hitting instructor. That's fresh off the press. You gotta like, make way for Helton's new job, right? I would have, that's the first thing I thought. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Because, uh, those beer vendor jobs are, you know, they usually give those to the more experienced people. And the livelier guys, Bichette's got a louder voice there, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he said it was because of his family. He was doing it because of family. He was in Florida, I think, during the year, during the off season, so. He's a Florida guy? I think so. Hmm. I think Larry yeah. Walker spends a lot of time in Florida too. Now that I think about it. Maybe they all do because of taxes. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe this uh, is like a, it's like a, a haven tax for nineteen ninety circa nineteen nineties Rockies. <laughs> Wasn't this the fear though that the Rockies were gonna hire Weiss and Bichette and they gave Weiss the one year contract and that he was gonna be gone and everybody he brought in was gonna be gone too? Like wasn't that the fear with this this whole regime change or whatever you want to call it with the with the Rockies? Weiss apparently is gonna get a second year though. If I remember this from last yes. week, I heard they are gonna bring him back for year number two. But yeah, I mean, I don't know how it works with assistant coaches. How many of those guys he had picked? Obviously, he knows Dante well from their playing days. Vinny Castilla is a special assistant on the team, so he knows some of those guys. I don't know how much change there is going to be during the offseason. Guys like Jim Wright, but he was a holdover, as was Tommy Ronalds, who's the bench coach. So I think it's pretty fluid at this point. I mean, like I said, if they're a 75-win team, it's... Who's best guess on who's coming back and who's not? So. Is it, it's true. How do you determine if a hitting coach has been successful, though? You look at their batting average. I mean, is that all on the hitting coach? It's like, hey, it's why can't you see forward. the ball? Like, <laughs> as a hitting coach, what do you tell the guy? Like, see the ball, hit the ball. That's true. That's a good point. How you know? Is it a product of the players? The worst batting coach in the world has the best batters on his team, and he looks the best. I don't know how the Rockies did batting this year. <laughs> they said. They say. They they say. You know what you're doing there? Stop. Do this. Basically, that's it. Yeah. Or they do a lot of psychological things. Like untie your shoe. Yeah. Not tie that one. They do a lot of psychological things because baseball baseball players are you know superstitious and neurotic. So they like try to work on them psychologically to get them back in their 
you know, kind of like a golfer with and his swing. I feel like Jeff holds G-Rider. back. I feel like Jeff holds back on his Rockies knowledge. We met the uh, the guy that runs Purple Row on Friday, and oh, he yeah. was talking about how Jeff comments there a lot. And I've uh-huh. heard Jeff with Mario Ventanzi speaking eloquently about the Rockies on here. He seems to make some wise cracks and kind of moves on. But I think Jeff knows more about baseball than he's leading on over there. I do stuff. I sacrifice my knowledge for this. Would you say you are? <laughs> 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 Jeff Morton, closeted Rockies fan. <laughs> From uh, the International Business Times. Yeah, that's right. Ooh, yeah. I read that. By Anthony Riccobono. Oh, yeah, Anthony Riccobono. <laughs> There's no, you, must Riccobono. Ha- you have to have a weird name to be a writer, <laughs> I've decided. Um, by Anthony Riccobono. On September 23rd, 2013, Miami Dolphins, Kansas City Chiefs, and Tennessee Titans True AFC playoff contenders in 2013. Oh, he stole. Yeah, I had to read this one. Love the question. Who put the question mark on the end of the prompter? You know, Ross will read that every time. (laughs) (laughs) The Chiefs and the Dolphins. Now they're both undefeated. Now my question for you guys is: How do I be like super excited about my three and O team, yet still somehow? Crush the dreams and wishes of the Dolphins and the Chiefs. Have fans. you seen our three and O team? <laughs> this I, is, I have. I yes. think they're kind of pretty, really good at the game of football. Yeah. Um, I don't know how much of those other teams if you guys have seen of the year. Miami, Casey was at Tennessee, the third one. I got a buddy who's a Miami fan. In the preseason, he was going crazy, me raving about this Dolphins team. They're going to be good. They're going to be good. Tannehill's good. I kind of just blew them off, but they got a good football team. Let <laughs> me tell do. you. I know Cameron Wake, who's their stud defensive end, is out for, I think, roughly about a month. Yeah. So that's going to hurt them a little bit. And, but they got a big game on Monday night against the Saints, which should be a good one. Um, so that might be the next litmus test for them because I think that's on the road for them again. So we'll, uh, we'll see if they have the ch- chops to take out Drew Brees and those guys in the dome. But it was, it'd be nice. It's nice that, uh, Monday night football is finally getting a good game. Because by and large, the last several years, Monday Night Football, every game in there has been either a blowout or just a complete crap game. And last night, the Broncos did, you know, basically they could have scored 50, you know, if they really were truly wanting to last night. But these other 3-0 and teams, it's like Tennessee, I, I don't want to buy into. You know, because I just don't see, I, I haven't seen him, uh, but I just, I can't, I don't believe in Jake Locker as a, as a, as a, uh, quarterback. Well, that's so. kind of, that's kind of the thing with all three of these teams, right? You have Alex Smith, Alex you Smith. got Locker, and you yeah, got Tannehill. Tannehill. Yeah. So you don't have the marquee names there at quarterback, so you're skeptical of them, but, I mean, Kansas City runs the ball well. Miami's kind of getting into that mix of a, a good balanced offense, and, you know, Jake Locker, from what I've heard, has been playing quite well. I haven't really seen him that much. Yeah. But, all mean, three with really good defenses, yeah, that's, too. Yeah. That's the key really them, good defense. the defenses. Yes. You know? All three of those teams, really great on the defensive end. The Chiefs made the Eagles look terrible to where now everybody's oh. questioning You know, Chip Kelly's offense. Week one was, this guy's brilliant. Week two, it's, uh, I don't know, week three after they... You know, get beat by the Chiefs. Everybody's like, "Well, this isn't going to even work out." So, they're still the Chiefs and the Dolphins are still getting the same treatment they did where in the past, where if they win, the other team is ridiculed more than the Chiefs are congratulated. That's, <laughs> that's still yeah. what's happening here. But they're certainly better than I think we all expected. It's hard for me to like switch gears on those two teams, particularly because you know if we do our weekly pick'em and 
you know, the first thing I would do is go find the Dolphins in the Chiefs games and then circle the other team, yeah. <laughs> right? right? Now it's like, ah, oh, damn it. Yeah. I think it's a good thing that the Chiefs are good this year. I mean, that Chiefs-Broncos rivalry has kind of gotten sour over the past yeah. decade maybe or so, you know? So those two games will be very interesting. I know the, the home game for us is November, mid-November. I'm not sure when we go to Arrowhead, but it's always a tough place to play and to me, it, it, that's better than me because I hate the Chargers and the Raiders so much. So yeah. it's good to me that we're. I, I think this year they play within two or three weeks. I mean, both games. Both games. Yeah, they're very quick. So, um. That's right. Within three weeks. Yeah. And it's, it's which like, boom, weird. boom. So, which, which is rare because usually the, the games with the Chiefs are spread out like beginning of the season and end of the season. And I hate going, always hated the Broncos going there in to Kansas December. City in December. Yeah. For some reason, they could never beat the Chiefs in Arrowhead in December for some reason. But I'm um, actually, you're right. I kind of, kind of am looking forward to this because it's like, kind of like finally, oh, there's a good team. Well, even San Diego's, well, San Diego's terrible, but they're not terrible, but they're mediocre. <laughs> yeah, they uh, play, <laughs> they play Kansas City at home on November 17th. Then they play the Patriots on November 24th. And then they're at Kansas City December 1st. So in less than a month, they play Kansas City twice, November 17th and December 1st. That's nuts. Games 11 and 13. They need help with their scheduling yeah. in the NFL because you'd think they'd figure out a way, like Broncos have a short week and the Eagles have like 10 days to prepare. You'd think they would have been able to figure that out. You know they also I mean? need to figure something out with the whole Thursday night games, oh, too. Terrible. Like, maybe the team should get a bye week the week before they play Thursday. Yeah. So they don't have just the three-day, you know, prep preparation in between the Sunday game and the Thursday game, because those games have been kind of messy, And it also too. screws everything up for fantasy football, too. I think the Thursday night game is just... It never will, but at least move it to Friday. It should it's, just go away. I think it starts with really the best point, though. Have the bye week. By the way, he before. just he just mimed the money song. Money. Here's an audio podcast. Pointing at Ross's shirt. Oh, does this not pick up the? Oh, dang it! <laughs> you get a sound you, job you can that. do it for every time you do this. You have to say "cha-ching." Gotcha. We need, <laughs> the, we need <laughs> the Pink Floyd sound drop for that one. Yeah. All right. Let's see. I want to say though, weren't we a little concerned at one point? I was moving on to. The, oh, just <laughs> I just want to say, weren't we talking? You know, before the season with the Broncos of the whole thing about their schedule this year and about maybe Von Miller being suspended was was that they might lose some games during the season and they might be tested going into the playoffs. These guys can win all 16 games. <laughs> I mean, really, you start looking at the schedule now and you're like, Philadelphia they could win, Dallas should win, Jacksonville, that's a gimme. Indianapolis might be the toughest game they have maybe all season. It, I've Just looking the way, I'm even getting goosebumps just kind of thinking about it. The way Peyton Manning is so, like, Focused, man. I mean, he just looks like a machine out there. And he, wouldn't you be? I wouldn't be surprised if it was like Alien, where his head gets decapitated. He is actually a cyborg, I, or it goes back. I have a feeling home life with Peyton Manning right now isn't the most pleasant. You know what I mean? I'm guessing the the misses and the kids kind of do their own thing uh, for the next couple of years because this is why they have pool houses and man caves. Because I guarantee you, he's just the most intense person oh, you've ever yeah. spent five minutes with. But I mean, here, I'll quickly go through the schedule. Tell me if you think this will be a, a tough game. Philadelphia? No. Dallas? No. no. Wait, where is that one though? The Dallas one? In Dallas. Dallas is alright. Yeah, they made, it made, their defense is pretty good. Uh, Tony Romer was, you know, Tony Romo, but 
you know, I that could be. I, I mean, agree. will win, but I think that's the toughest yeah. game to this point. And then they got well, Jacksonville at home. Jacksonville. Oh, oh God. Jacksonville's terrible. I wonder what the spread will be on that. One. <laughs> then they're going to Indianapolis. I think that's Tough. setting up to be. Yeah, that's going to be the a, toughest game. Yeah, that's that's a Sunday night game. That should be Ooh. the toughest game of the year. Uh, We're going to get so many interceptions. Against Andrew Luck. <laughs> Just You're calling it? I mean, culture a power run it's, team And now. against Dallas, too. You think so? Oh, yeah. Our well, defense is so freaking awesome. They didn't play that great last night, for what I could tell. <laughs> they, <laughs> a couple missed tackles They did have over 20 points, which pissed me off. Yeah. And it all kind of seemed to come later in the game. But, uh yeah, I say none of these games so far. You got, you got Redskins at home. Kill them. W. Going to San Diego. Right. Win. Yeah, win. Uh At home against KC. And they win. Probably win, yeah. Yeah, in New England. That's That's always a wild card, you know. What day? I think Von Miller's first game back is the Colts game, right? Is that was he suspended for six? Yeah, Yeah. so he'll be back first game against the Colts. Yeah. So think about that too. Bringing back a few more times. (laughs) Bringing back Von Miller with at one hundred and ten percent. I mean. I feel bad for Andrew Luck. He'll have had that. I feel that, bad. He'll have that, that weed butter all over. Yeah, his. I was just gonna say, <laughs> bring out the weed butter. <laughs> just, the only thing you'd hope there is the question will be: Is he in you know game shape? That'll be the story that week. Yes. Everyone's gonna talk. Is he yes. in game shape? Is he gonna be able? To, can he brush? Is he in game shape? <laughs> you know, so it's like put him on the treadmill for two hours every day for. You know. I don't think that has as big a difference in Von Miller's position, you know, on a defensive position as it does say, like, you know, if you're a wide receiver, you know, to get that confidence back in your game and in your hands. But a, but a defensive guy is just, his job is to wreck things, you know, and that's all they have to do. There's no, it's not that complicated. Especially and if your offense is putting yeah, up a bunch and if of you, points. Because if you have the lead, it's just pin your ears back and go. Yeah, you know, they're going to be sending yeah. him, Sean Phillips, all the pass rushers, Derek Wolf, all those guys. Well, you know, I kept, I kept thinking last night, you know, but the way the Broncos were containing, uh, Terrell Pryor, that if Vaughn was there, they would have stacks stacked to the ceiling. I mean, there, there would have been nuts. Stacks on top of stacks? Yes. Stacks on Basically yes. every play. Stacks of money in front of people. Every play, the pocket collapsed within, what, two seconds, uh-huh. and then it was just a matter of either them getting hitting prior, mm-hmm. him finding somebody downfield, scrambling, throwing the ball. I mean, there was he had no time Yep, the whole game. So that's he, the best. It was good to see. That's the best the line has performed this year. And it was mostly in containment, which was the, basically what they were there for. With those read zone option uh, quarterbacks, that's what you got to do is that you just keep them in front of you. And that's what they've done to Michael Vick and what they've done to Colin Kaepernick this year. And once you keep, if you keep them in front of you like that, it's harder for them to make plays. And that's when your defense does that, it does its job. I mean, but that Oakland offensive line is in shambles. I think they I think they said they had one position where that's their third guy already this season yeah, or that's something. True. That's true. So, I mean – I wouldn't base too. I thought Pryor actually had a lot of time on certain plays to to get passes off, and you know their offense wasn't as crisp, obviously, as Denver. So if they're not looking to you know really move things, it was up to Pryor to kind of make something happen late in the uh, you know past the three seconds or whatever you should normally have. I didn't feel like the Broncos' defensive line really was stellar against Oakland at all. I think they'll have bigger tests to come for sure. I disagree. I disagree as well. <laughs> All right, Ross, move to the state of Stick to your nuggets, blogger boy. <laughs> the Los Angeles Times on September 24, 2013 by Sam Farmer. Boo. Sam Farmer gets a lot of uh, 
attention on this podcast for yeah. some reason. He must be ranked very well high on Google. What's a high school uh, Jeff, I think. Broncos, <laughs> Peyton Manning are flirting with NFL history. I think we uh, covered that. That's to say the least. Yeah. Peyton waving a feather. Uh, <laughs> feather at me. Um, NFL.com by Kevin Patra on September 24th. Denver Broncos running backs played rock, paper, scissors for touchdown. Uh, I already <laughs> <see> that. <laughs> yeah. This is kind of a funny article. Uh, Moreno, Ball, Hillman apparently uh, played paper, rock, scissors to see who would get the call. I have a very strong suspicion that is not the case. I was going to say, is that true? Well, well, no Sean, well, 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 they showed the video. No Sean won, and then Ronnie Hillman got the touchdown. So I think they were joking around that, like, yeah, while, while No Sean and, and uh, Monty Ball were paper rocking it out, uh, Ronnie was over there in the huddle getting ready for the I play think, to go. So. I think they were doing rock, paper, scissors to see who would fumble the ball next. And I believe oh, hey! <laughs> Come on! Yes. Come on, man. Jeff Morton, man. Jeez. Why you got to bring me down? But you look at that game, there's 32 total carries amongst those three guys. Hillman with 9, Ball with 11, Moreno with 12. Uh, Hillman with the highest average, 7.3 yards a carry. Moreno with only 3.3. Moreno's just average in the run game, right? Unless there's a perfectly blocked play, he's not really getting you anything. And you saw with Hillman, and I think even to an extent with Ball, they can make, I don't know what you'd call it, chopped something out of something? I don't know what you'd call it. They would make a chicken Lemon. chicken salad chicken salad out of chicken shit. I, yeah, there you go. I don't know what you guys take on these three guys or the, the rotation of running backs. It's obviously a little different than most teams who have a feature back or maybe like mm. a one-two punch. Yeah. But I like what they're doing and how they're using all these guys. I think, I mean, Notion's been here a while now, never really lived, lived up to expectations. But he's probably the most solid all-around back of the three. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's just kind of cool how, like, there'll be drives. I noticed second quarter, third quarter, well, they'll just feature like Hillman. For an entire drive, mm-hmm. they won't switch, take him out. They'll throw him a screen pass or two, run a sweep, do something, and then obviously, you know, you got Monty at the goal line, and he's had his fair share of <laughs> issues. But I mean, I think in terms of having just having a three-headed monster, not knowing who's going to go out there, who's going to get—it's not good for fantasy owners. But I, I like those guys. Like you said, do you like how do you like it better where they use Hillman for a sustained drive, or do you like kind of rotating guys out where it's Hillman's your third down to back? Me. I've never really seen a rotation of running backs used like this because, like I said, Notion usually starts out the game, and then if they get into the late part uh, within the red zone, you'll think, okay, maybe Monty's going to come out here, but then you know he's not a guarantee. Then sometimes you'll see Hillman come out for an entire drive. He'll get all the way down. Okay, now we're going to see Monty. Oh no, wait, Hillman's still in the game. It just. There's seems, really no rhyme or reason to it. Seems pretty arbitrary, but I, I, but I think it's really not. I think they're doing it based on feel. I mean, it really just seems like a, Peyton will probably say, and I'm, I'm sure it's Peyton, is saying, okay, put Ronnie in here, put Mo, um, Moreno in here, put you think Peyton's in here. controlling the substitution. I really do because there is really no reason for them to substitute out as much as they did. There really isn't. Just I mean, fresh legs, yeah, fresh but, lungs. Yeah, I mean, but. Marino only had 12 carries. Well, you know, I've said this a long time about the running back position in the NFL and how. It's like Ross's dream scenario. Well, it's just, and I mean. It just proves that they're. You can kind of interchange them. Yeah. And you you saw, you know, I think it was the Packers game, right? Their starting guy goes down. They brought in Starks. That guy goes down. They bring in another guy. He rushes for, you know, 85 yards or whatever. Yeah. I mean, as long as the guy doesn't fumble, you can pretty much put him in there. And it's it's a, like a utility position, you know. Well, that's kind of and there's a few guys like Adrian Peterson who are the exception. I yeah, think. yeah. 
But should the Broncos keep doing that? Keep a light load for all three guys? I mean, why I not, like it. Why not give Moreno 20 carries? Well, he's good. He's going to get hurt, probably. It's a great point. I mean, he does have an injury history. So, and you I think anybody young guys, does. right? You got Hillman's with change of pace, and you got Monty Ball, who should be your future, so you want to see what you have. In this well, this is the NFL. They don't have ouchy protection. You know, this is, this is, you go out and they, well, the, listen, in Denver, Mike Shanahan, it could be argued, ran Terrell Davis into the ground, and his, probably his injury result from that interception that, uh, Greasy threw, Maybe it wasn't an interception. Maybe it was a fumble or something. No, it was an interception. interception. Uh, wouldn't have happened if he hadn't had so much stress on his legs. Which is there's something to be said about keeping constantly fresh legs and stuff like that. It's just you know, if guys going good, I tend to be of the mind that you stick with them. You know, and I don't think Moreno was doing anything to require. I mean, they scored 17 points. In the first half, you also don't want to lose know. Moreno because he's your best pass protection best guy, pass, best blocker for sure. Yeah. So if you if you have a comfortable lead, like we even saw Brock Osweiler warming up last night, had the defense or had probably Peyton not fumbled, and then the Raiders gone down and gotten that touchdown. You know, Peyton we, we, fumbled. We might have seen Brock Osweiler in there. <laughs> Miss that. He was blindsided. <laughs> Yeah, and he fumbled. Maybe chalked that one up to old Chris Clark. Yeah, Chris Clark right one, there. He had a good game, Chris Clark. I he thought. did. I, I kind of made a point to, you know, DVR kind of rewind some of his plays and pass protection, just and run game to see how he was doing. And he was was he matched he was up on Houston? Night. Yeah, Lamar that's Houston. a tough. He's he's a good player. Yeah, there, I was reading about the uh, the difference in Broncos performance with Clady and without Clady, and it was like an astronomical, like zero touchdowns with Clady out. 60 touchdowns with Clady in and then all along it went down there but then you look at that statistic and it, like there was only 33 snaps right. snaps in the <laughs> whole last like five years or however long he's been here where Clady didn't play so it's yeah. a small sample size and <laughs> but then I, I mean it's crazy you guys are saying Peyton Manning got blindsided totally missed that totally missed the fumble <laughs> um, and, uh, season tickets. and I was just remembering Pey- Peyton really hasn't been hit much Right. No. You know, that's pretty much it. I mean, he had to go hit a couple times in the Giants game, but I think other than that. And his head didn't even much. fall off, I guess. Not what you're telling me. And that was probably that's his most great. gruesome hit just because it came from behind and kind yes. of in the whiplash. Yeah. You look. never want to see the whiplash yeah. so, with him. But yeah, even, sure. I guess even from the front, I mean, even taking a rib shot, you don't want to see. We saw Elway that year in 98 miss all those games because of that rib injury against KC, but. Yeah, but, but the promise had Buddy Brister. Yeah. It's kind of funny uh, just watching the game on Twitter last night when Clark gave up that play, like, there's a couple mentions during the game about how Chris Clark, Chris, Chris Clark, god dang, was looking okay, and then when he gave up that sack, there was some media guys that were like, "Ah, oh, we told you oh about Chris Clark gosh. and Chris Clark." It's like, did these guys in the media even get to see? Like, I'm basing this off my Nuggets credentialed experience. I don't get to see <laughs> that much in practice to know if a guy is like. You know, if he's really shown that he can't play in practice, I don't think the media guys for the Broncos get to see like a ton of practice, do they? Well, probably not. But you're, but you're right. I guess it's a somewhat safe opinion to have when you're comparing him against a guy like Ryan Clady. (laughs) It's the same out. It's the same reason why pessimism kind of reigns supreme with all types of you know reporters and and people covering sports because. You're more likely to be right if, you know, you pick 
they don't win the Super Bowl, right? <laughs> <Or> you, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I just And, you know. But there's probably a reason why Chris Clark didn't beat out Ryan Clady for the starting job. Right? Well, yeah. He's going to make mean, a mistake or two that you're going to have to live with. You could be a good tackle or uh, and not be as good as Ryan Clady. You know, Ryan Clady is very, very good. Yeah. So, you know. So there's that. <laughs> <laughs> and that'll do it for headlines. That's it? That's it? I feel like we got robbed on these for some reason. Hey, hey you know, last week I only had two. That's true, and we had to create <laughs> so, some. So <laughs> comparing, comparing between last week to this week. That is true. This is pretty, true. pretty good. I know actually. we did have, uh, we did have, uh, you know, Todd Helton's last Coors Field game that's is coming right. up. Just I'm to going tomorrow. You're going? You going? Oh, yeah. I was a little bummed because I uh, found out it was his last game, and I was like, you know, I got to make it out there. But then I realized it was the Red Sox were in town, ugh. and that just like, ugh. It's going to be a pro Red Sox crowd. It's going to be <sighs> probably overwhelmingly Red Sox. But, uh, <laughs> I hope not. Man, my God, I hope not. We can hope not, but it's, that's what happens when Boston comes to town. <laughs> it's it. all of a sudden these so-called Red Sox fans just – Materialize out of the woodwork. One of Jeff's favorite quotes from last year from Daniel Gallinari about the Celtics fans. Oh yeah, oh, all you Celtics fans got to go home or something like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, you got to get out of here. No, yeah, we. Yeah, it was. It was. It happens it was across all sports. Yeah, and that was. Uh, yeah, because they're like you know, you know, termites. They'll eat at the you know base of your building. It's because they had to get the hell out of Boston and come to this beautiful city, right? That's you, true. You don't want to stay in Boston for long. I nominate all of to. them for the Medal of Merit. So, <laughs> is that departed reference right there? <laughs> well, well, it William Costigan Jr. the third. I want to nominate William Costigan Jr. the third for the Medal of Merit. <laughs> it does make you feel old, though. It's Helton's last game. Like I remember, I remember watching Helton play for Tennessee. For God's sakes, in college baseball. Yeah. I've only watched like three college baseball games. And Helton was one of them. You know, my fr- first day of high school. In 1995, we had the freshmen come in the day before. All the other upperclassmen come in the second day to give kids the lay of the land, right? And we had an assembly, and Todd Helton came to speak to us. <laughs> like uh, this must have been like his rookie year, and uh, I forget who else was there. One of the pitchers, but uh, Todd Helton, 17 freaking years, man, he will be missed. That's a long time. And I think he should be the batting coach. I remember watching him play quarterback at Tennessee. You know, he he was the guy that was there and then Peyton Manning kind of took over from there, but and he was his backup for like a year, I think. So I saw a picture of them like uh <laughs> when they were like seventeen years old wearing pads. <laughs> oh, <man>. oh god. <laughs> well, it's uh now well, Peyton brings... Manning's neck is freaking long. Yeah. Man. <laughs> He's got a long neck. Dad's a giraffe. <laughs> So he probably could have afforded afforded to lose some vertebrae back there, so it's, uh, you know. Um, he uh, this brings up something that was been debated for like the last two weeks since Helton announced his retirement, or to our week. Um, is where does is this is is Helton the best Rockies player, or is he like how do you determine that? Is it because of the length of time, or is it? You know, I happen if to put Larry Walker right up there. So. I think this is this is probably an answer you get from a lot of people, but Larry Walker, the most talented Rocky of all time, probably. Yeah. He yeah. won an MVP, <laughs> Gold Gloves, and that guy was 
five tool player all around. Todd Helm, the best Rocky of all time, though, because okay. you're factoring in his entire career with the team. Mm-hmm. And underrated in a lot of aspects. Okay. I think he's only won three gold gloves, and those were, again, like late 90s, early 2000s, which I think is a travesty because I was like looking at the list of gold glove winners, and I was like, really? Like Some of these guys took gold gloves away from him. Career on-base percentage, batting average. He's obviously top 15 in doubles, top 75 home runs. Like The whole body of work, he's a really good player. Really Great player. And you think, too, that probably time will be his best friend, where right now, you know, people are probably looking at Todd Helton, they're going, best Rocky, this guy is terrible, you know, he's been bad for five or six years, and it's like, well, that's twilight of his career, you know, so it's only going to help him, you know, four or five years from now, he's going to be remembered a little bit differently than he is right now, and he'll be, he'll get more talk as the greatest Rocky ever as time goes on, because people will start looking more at stats and his numbers versus, you know, the past couple of seasons he spent with the team. And I don't think it's a, a, a coincidence that his last two really good years were both in 07 and 09. Like, if you look at his output for those two seasons when the Rockies made the oh, postseason, yeah, right. really good years. Home runs, I think maybe the max was around 18, 19 or something like that, but everything else was really good, like 325 batting average, driving in. Like, when he was good, the offense clicked. He was a big reason why those teams from – Four or five years ago, now we're we're actually playoff contenders. There's always that believe. like that lasting <laughs> image of him too, and uh, the Rockies were going to go to the World Series, and he like caught that out and threw his arms up. I mean, that's kind of Todd Helton. I remember, like, wow, we finally got this oh, when the World Series. Time. It was oh, yeah. you have do you know idea how much poetic justice that was? I remember I was in the rock pile, and that moment happened. Eric Burns hit that ball. For those of you who don't know, Eric Burns, he's got he bounced around yeah. majorly for about ten years. But talked a lot of smack about the Rockies organization when he was here, when he left, and then during that whole series. He was public enemy number oh, one. Oh, yeah, my God. And, and, and if you have seen him, he's on, he's been on Fox and MLB Network as an analyst. He's just, can't stand the guy <laughs> at all. Just Makes like, skin, skin uh, crawl from yeah, and just, like, yeah. such poetic justice that he was the last out and Tulo made that play to throw with the Todd. Yeah, and then, and then the reaction, it was, it was pure bliss for sure. So uh, my favorite mo- Todd, moment of Todd Helton was him hitting that home run off of uh, that Dodgers Saito. Saito, and in 2007, that I think that was really the moment that sparked the run. That was that they swept the Dodgers, and I believe that sweep is what started their end of season run. And that homework, he was just so gleeful, and then he Never threw himself him the that home emotional. Place. Yeah. yeah, I mean that, that was the to, that will always rank as one of the top five. You know that. Playoff run in 07, mm-hmm. just experiences as a fan of a sports team. It was so awesome. Yeah, was. Just wearing a coat in Coors Field. <sighs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like they make, they make Rockies knit caps, yet there's never been any reason to ever wear one. You know what I mean? <laughs> and, 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 you know, just that feeling, that electricity, you know, and I'll never forget that game. Power goes out. Oh my God. That was crazy. Yeah, oh, I would yeah. still say that was that against my, Phillies, right? I still was say it? my favorite yeah. game experience is probably game 163 against yes. the Padres. Like, yes. that was the best game I've ever been to, like, at that, any sport. That ever. weekend, it, I believe this was my, cause it was 07, right? This, this was my freshman year at CU. That Saturday, two days previous, a Colorado upset Oklahoma in football. Right. Oh, yeah. This is the Hawkins era and everything. OU was ranked number two, number three in the country. Uh, was at the football game. OU was up three touchdowns or something like that at halftime. I had friends, people leave that game, you know, here come the buffs, same old buffs. We stayed. CU came back, won that game on Saturday. I remember I was at work on Sunday when they won 
what game 162, which they had to do to get into the playing game. And then, you know, I was just, I didn't even know, like, hey, we're in a playing game. Is it here? Is it there? Where is it? And then some friends call me and say, we're getting tickets. So if you want in, like, it, it's going to be tomorrow night. And, uh, yeah, I just, I mean, it was 13 inning game. Oh. So that was probably what five hours long. And just, it was amazing. You know, uh, someone That's someone said on the radio the next day, which is the 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 most true thing I've ever heard. If th- that game occurred in New York or Boston or Philadelphia, it would have been gone down in history as the greatest game ever played. But just since it happened in Colorado, since it happened in Colorado, it's kind of like a blip on the radar. And I can understand with the Colorado's history and all that stuff. But at the same time. That literally is the most exciting game I have ever seen. Ever. A baseball game I have ever seen. It's just. I still remember being out after the game got over, we, you know, coming out of the stadium, people were screaming and I was hugging strangers on Blake <laughs> yeah. Street. We were, yeah. Like, people would run by and they just yes. high five you and hug them. Like, high fiving people at the bars along yeah. at the end of the thing. Like it was incredible. It was awesome. It was... A couple of victory beers down at like Maloney's Tavern with people. <laughs> You're talking about the game. I saw this. I saw that. Like that was just, it was I awesome. can only compare that feeling to the 90s. Seven run um, that when the Broncos won their first Super Bowl because when they they beat the Chiefs and they beat the Steelers and they were walk our team that year right yeah and and when they beat the they went into actually yeah they beat the Chiefs first oh no they beat Jacksonville first which was they smashed them I think it was big big time but when they went to Kansas City and won. and it like the fourteen to ten game yeah and it was a, like and I think Darian Gordon knocked away a pass. At that, uh, right at the end and to preserve the victory. And I remember having this amazing elated feeling and I was watching it at a bar, uh, with my friend Joe. And I mean, there's people, as soon as that pass is knocked down, there's people up screaming. Some guy came over to me and says, give me a hug, little man. He threw me around (laughs) (laughs) and it was, it was, it was insane. And you know, you, and then that's the only other comparable feeling because that's one, that play in game is the only other time. I ever really had that kind of euphoric feeling, you know, after that. Because even the second Super Bowl one, it was kind of like you expected them sure, to do it. Sure. But that that playoff run with the, the Rockies was just insane. And, and to go go back to what you were saying, like not only that was the playing game perennial un, or, or underrated in, in the annals of, of baseball history, because if it would have been played in a bigger city, it would have gone down. But if you just look at the whole scope of how that season unfolded, twenty one out of twenty two to end it, sweeping <laughs> both the NLDS and the NLCS. To get there, and obviously they they had the layoff, and and the Red Sox won deservedly so. But, but I remember, or this has just happened just here in the last month of this year's baseball season. The National League playoff race has kind of been wrapped up for a while, but the Nationals have been playing really well the last month or so. Obviously, they were so mediocre the first 120 games; it didn't matter. But people were talking, "Oh, the Nationals have won 12 of the last 14 games. Like, how amazing would it be if they came back and made the postseason?" <laughs> You know, this happened, <laughs> actually happened five or six years ago. And I just, I told my roommate, I said, if the Nationals pulled this off, which they did, which they won't, but if they pulled this off, I, I, the, the coverage that it would get, I, nobody would talk about anything else. Yeah. About how amazing this was. Like, you know, this actually happened in real life <laughs> six years yes. ago. You have the blueprint for it. It happened six so, years ago. But. So yeah. All right, fellas, let's wrap that. We'll come back uh, with Jeff's segment. Jeff's things he believes to be false. Yeah, it's, it's Jeff's segment. Something like that. All right. <laughs> Just called. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Jeff's segment. 
Hey, yo. Start talking. So you, you didn't, you didn't cue up my music. What music did you want? <sighs> the same music I always have. Oh, my bad. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I was just going to compliment Nate on handling the boards today. He caught my mic, he caught my mic thing earlier. And the EQ down. Even though we've got some technical difficulties with our sound, you know, production, whatever, sound carts, doing it manually. Then you go and do something like this. <laughs> totally disredeem myself. <laughs> Dave, uh, can you uh, sing Stevie Wonder by chance? <laughs> which, which Stevie Wonder song? It was Sir Duke. Sir Duke. I don't think I'm familiar with you Sir Duke. You can feel it all over. <laughs> I'm not. Stop. I'm not Adam Kinney. Stop okay. <laughs> I'm not Adam Kinney. I don't have his voice. We'll edit that to auto tune. But before after the show. before we begin, I would just like to say, log on to ColoradoSportsGuys.com. And Why do you always say log on? Because it's you know, whatever. I, I'm, I'm 900 years old. <laughs> and uh, on the left side of the page, there is the uh, banner for Amazon Prime. HTTP colon. <laughs> I am trying to do an ad thing. Okay. Uh, there's a banner for Amazon Prime. Click that banner, and uh, you'll be uh, on your way to a sign-up for a 30-day free trial. Messed me all up. What at this for, <laughs> 30 day free trial for Amazon Prime, which, uh, will give you unlimited instant streaming, uh, for th- of thousands of uh, movies and TV shows, plus, uh, Kindle books to browse for and read for free with no due dates. Um, but the, the, really the, I, what I believe is the big feature of this is free two day shipping, which is, I mean, Invaluable, especially if you're, you go to Amazon as much as the three of us do. I just got a shipment, a six pack of Old Spice deodorant. Old Spice deodorant. You know, Nate, you know, before before he shaved, I'm sure he was buying beard combs. (laughs) 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 Where do you think I got the replacement razors? That's that's right. So anyway, go, go to coloradosportsguys.com and click on the Amazon Prime banner on the left hand side of the state of the page. And you'll be on your way to a 30-day free trial. It includes all that I mentioned before. Uh, thank you. And occasionally we'll read aloud. <laughs> occasionally. Pause. Hold pause. Hold. We'll read aloud some of the purchases that are made. We don't know who bought it. But I mentioned last week, we just know that it was bought. We mentioned last week somebody had uh, bought some uh, um, fake pee. <laughs> really? Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> some uh, fake uh, pee. For God knows what so purpose. We had a drug test coming up. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> a, I hope it was not Von Miller. See, I just did not know you could get that on Amazon. You can get anything on Amazon, clearly. Yes. Well, when you, Basically uh. like Pandora's box. Yeah. When, uh, you know, like when you heard Von Miller was busted for having non-human, providing a non-human urine sample, that doesn't mean he like got his dog. It means he got this stuff on Amazon. That's what it means. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that's the way to do it, I guess. Um, okay. Um, this is going to be uh, just a casual segment, and I, I just and Ross and I, I take sh- my tie off. Then yeah, take your tie off. <laughs> um, Kick up shoes. Loosen the top take button. The uh, and you know, I've been thinking about um, Ross and I um, share a passion for beer, I mean, and uh, probably in different ways, but. It's a, it's a, it's it's a shared passion. Alcoholism. <laughs> Ross likes to drink it. <laughs> and I just appreciate it. And, uh, I was thinking I about share passion our official, yeah. <laughs> our semi-official, unofficial beer of Colorado Sports Guy, Dale's Pale Ale, uh, by, uh, done by Oscar Boob's, uh, brewery, which is a bit fantastic. It's, it's good. I highly suggest everyone try it. But 
do you guys all I'm going to put this out to the three of you here. Do you guys have a specific and preferred beer that you drink? I mean, is there someone that you will always go back to? That, I, you know, I just want to say real quick, ironically, this is the first time we haven't had a couple brewskis in the studio while recording it. It's because I am extremely hungover and I'm usually the one who picks up the beer. But uh, this is kind of strange. It's, you, know, you know, starting but if to get you a thirsty. It's interesting. You, if you would have had a beer, you probably would have used the hangover a little. It probably would have. But you're a good I, man I, I, not I, follow I that up. Endure the pain. <laughs> yes. The old shampoo effect. So anyway, the question to, to the three three of you here. Uh, well, Jeff, in high school, I enjoyed Michelob. That was my beer of choice when I was uh, a young lad. And then I, I kind of grew because out of that. Because you could steal it out of your neighbor's garage? <laughs> yeah. When we'd, when we'd go garage shopping, that was the beer of choice that we would look upon. But I always thought nobody ever drank Michelob, so I was like, I'll drink Michelob. And then I drank the hell out of that stuff. <laughs> uh, I always kind of like uh, Pete's Wicked Ale. I used to have that strawberry blonde. I used to enjoy that when I was uh, well under Oh, my age. God. You're right. Strawberry blonde. I used to drink that. Yeah. That stuff was good. And then I kind of uh, graduated on to Guinness at one point. I had one of my buddies that lives up in Seattle. Or where does he live? by portland oregon now uh we're big guinness guys we got into like guinness and whatever but now i kind of like uh deschutes brewery anything out of deschutes brewery deschutes is good. Oh, deschutes, yeah. yeah they make the sessions right session no, no that's a I separate don't. thing but sessions delicious it is yeah. it is one of my favorites it's a little 11 ounce hood river oregon uh check it out 11 ounce cans yes you can get they're just, really cool if you haven't tried them out drink like two gulps oh yeah boom yeah drink them forever too but it's tough. You like you always kind of want to find like a. It's always fun to try new ones. You know, wherever you go, yeah. like mm-hmm. wherever you travel somewhere. If you're going to like a local restaurant, you try to hope you find somewhere that has a brewery or something. But yeah. well, for the longest time, I drank Blue Moon, and with the orange wedges. And uh, maybe this has happened to you guys before. Like a year ago, I tried it again, and I said, "How did I drink this crap?" It's a Coors product. Yeah, yeah, and, and that was the other thing is that you realize <laughs> that you're drinking a Coors product, and it kind of. You know, they're trying to you trick you into you've thinking been, you're having a crap yeah. beer. You realize you've been bamboozled, <laughs> is what that was. Hoodwinked. So, uh, but I've been, uh, uh, lately it's been Stella Artois has been a, yeah, beer that's a total garbage beer. <laughs> <laughs> Thus the differences between Jeff and Ross's beer. Thus the difference. I'll drink so, it if it's free. Yeah, it's like you don't, uh, you know, you know, he'll, he'll drink it, but it's, uh, a guy who had like eight Coors Lights last night. I used to. I, oh man, that's, that just no creates a headache immediately. <laughs> that's <laughs> My taste in beer has changed. I'm from Golden, and if, if, if I saw anybody drinking anything other than a Coors Light, you know, I would just be like, "I will fight you." It's I like will taking food people. out of your mouth. Is <laughs> I will fight you. <laughs> I will fight you for nothing. <laughs> Well, it's and, uh, it's it's funny how this this thing evolves though because your your tastes and Nate was saying your tastes evolve, you know. Uh, yeah, that's what I was saying. <laughs> tastes evolve. I used to think Guinness was a very Nate thick actually. Beer. Nate actually showed up drunk to the podcast. He's not drinking as we speak. So. <laughs> yeah, that was just a smarter way of putting it. <laughs> Jeff understood me on a different level than I was explaining. That's good. Uh, did you guys read that article about that guy? He's like a German guy, I think, or somewhere from another country. Who had a weird condition where he was brewing beer in his intestines. So he would just like, like it was, he just had like some yeast in his intestines. Oh, yeah. And it was consuming sugar, that. converting it to alcohol. Then the alcohol was absorbed into his stomach lining. <laughs> so he would just spontaneously get hammered. And everybody just thought he was like a secret drinker, right? But he had a weird strain of active yeast 
Could you imagine? It's like the just, world's, world's first superhero. <laughs> like he, they, <laughs> first they just brought him into superhero. the hospital and monitored him, and just like He's after no X-Men. drinking, all of a sudden he had like a point two zero BAC. Wow! Kind just of feeding awesome. him like different foods or something to figure this out. Um, I don't remember how they figured it out. It's, it's Germany. Everyone drinks. <laughs> there, so. Yeah, that's weird. I like you know what I've been drinking a lot lately, as far as you know, beer goes is uh, Pilsner or Kell. It was like, it's like a, pils- a pilsner. <laughs> pilsner and kale is like a pilsner. Beer connoisseur. Which is always, there, buddy. which is always, it makes, it's, it's nice, a- it's easy to remember. But it, it's so good, especially in the hot, hot days of summer. Uh-huh. But now that it's fall, I'm going back to the Dales, Pales, Ales, the, I hope I can find some good pumpkin beer. You, you brewed, brewed some beer. last year. Yeah. I did brew a pumpkin beer Ooh. last year. That batch actually exploded in my kitchen, oh, and it was literally the best batch I've ever of beer I've ever made. Yeah, that was and tasty. It, it got, Just it licking was like, it off the wall, I liked it. <laughs> like it, it hit the ceiling of, and I have I don't know nine foot ceilings or whatever. It shot from the floor and hit the ceiling. It was amazing. Oh. <laughs> it was amazing. I, but, I uh, did not know that it exploded. That was a good beer. I mean, Nate can attest to that. That was a good beer. I liked it. Um, Went to that Westward show where they had a local company had a pumpkin beer there. I don't remember who it was. That was good. Well, oh, that was wasn't that. as good as your pumpkin beer, though. No, I liked yours better. Definitely not. Yeah, but, I don't know uh, what that was. It was, uh, God. Yeah, the West, Westward. It was like Avery or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Westward, of course, they got all these beers that, you know, you can try you know, for the award ceremony and that the, the pumpkin one doesn't nearly as good as yours. I don't know if you guys, have you guys been to Dry Dock in Aurora? It's a little brewery out there. They got some good beer going there. Yeah. We, uh, I think the last time we were podcasting, weren't we, we drinking the, apricot. the peach or apricot? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I brought the apricot, apricot Dry Dock. Yeah. But actually at the brewery there, it's amazing, obviously, cause it's <laughs> at the brewery. <laughs> <laughs> but it's good. <laughs> you guys are on fire right now. <laughs> Stars, you want to weigh in? What's, uh... uh, just depending on, you know, the mood, the situation, uh, the, the, how big the wallet is, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you got your, your cheap beers, uh, I, I like Tecate, you know, in terms of Mexican beers, it's, it's a good shower beer, if you guys ever want to be on the shower after <laughs> a long day. Uh, uh, Negro Modelo, which is like a dark version of just Modelo, oh, just plain Modelo is good, but the dark one is good on that, I, I drink that a lot if I go to like a little Mexican place to have those on tap, so that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, local breweries, I like Avery. White Rascal, which is a, a you know, white ale that they make. That's, That's one, one of my favorites. And I have that, I've had that on tap before and it, oh, just dynamite. I've, I've just recently gotten into sessions, Ross. It's funny that you brought that up. A buddy of mine who lives in Oregon recommended it to me, brought a 12 pack down with him the last time he was in town. A little 11 ounce things. And oh, speaking of rock, paper, scissors on the bottom of the bottle caps, you can play rock, paper, scissors with them. That's right. You're either rock, paper, or scissor. That on is the correct. Ah. Have, have you had the black? Yes. That's good. Blue stuff label. Too. Uh, yeah. That's good too. I so. once heard that the reason why they call, like session is the type of, like a brand of beer we're talking about, right? Yes. But it's also a style of beer. And I heard once, like you can have a session lager usually is what it is. And I read once or I heard once, I don't know if it's true, that they created session beers because they're a little lower in alcohol contact. Mm. They're a little lighter. So back in the day when you worked at a factory and you went to go to the pub at lunch, it's something you could drink for an hour, which is a session, and then not be too drunk to go back to work. (laughs) That is true because you have to drink like 40 of those sessions. You do. (laughs) (laughs) But you can though. You can. They're very drinkable. It's a great all-day barbecue beer. Yeah, they're very smooth. You know, that, that's yeah. a good uh, qualifier to have for beer, something that tastes good, 
but it's also very drinkable mm-hmm. because that's just my, I mean, nothing against, you know, Guinnesses or IPAs. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I can only just have one or two of them and I just, too bitter for me. I just need something to break up that, that flavor. Yeah. The, you know, I used to, when I was in my early twenties, I would drink Guinness, uh, like Nate was saying with him, I used to drink Guinness too. And then you get to a point with Guinness where it's like, I'm drinking a loaf of bread every time I drink this. And I would rather stretch out my drinking for it because there's not a huge amount of alcohol. In right. It's, it's the opposite. Yeah. So it's like you would think there would be, but there's not. So I, you have to drink a lot of it. And by the time, you know, you're done with four, um, you want to curl up into a fetal position and just wait till it passes through you <laughs> because you've just eat, consumed a yes, lot of bread. So fetal position, <laughs> shit your pants. <laughs> <laughs> Two very solid options. That's, so that's solid. my advice to you: is if uh, don't drink four of them. We're getting into prime beer drinking time, man. Oh, we are. This that's fall, true. fall, the fall leaves. Yeah. Every this is when I brew most of my beers during the fall, and uh, but football games. I was disappointed, and I'm always disappointed in the beer selection at Invesco Field, Sports Authority Field. The closest thing they have to like a microbrew is. Shock top, which is like yeah. Michelob's wheat version of is it like a moon. blue moon? Yeah, yeah, it's like oh. their version of blue moon. Oh. How did you get into like brewing your own beer? Like, did you just look up how to do it, or how did you like actually start doing it on your own? And does it cost a lot to start up if you want to do it? Uh, it's not too bad. I think you know, for like a hundred bucks, you can basically get everything you need, and then you know, and then the kits. Like I do. uh what do you buy called? these kits? There's, Amazon? There's homebrew stores all over Denver. There's one down here on Broadway called uh, Beer at Home. And then there's one up, and they always have the worst names for some reason. Beer at Home <laughs> is the name of the store. It's a great store, but it's a horrible name. I mean, I know Colorado Sports Guys. So what do you guys uh, right? sell over here? <laughs> <laughs> I know Colorado Sports Guys is not the greatest name either. And then the other one, there's a place called Stomp Them Grapes, which is uh, up in like... Uh, I-70 Pecos area, and there's several others around. So they're actually, it's like, uh, you know, you, you do it in buckets. I do uh, what's called partial mash or uh, uh, partial grain brewing where I buy extract. I don't make my own extract. I buy the extract and then brew it on my stovetop. But some guys make 15-gallon batches just by buying all grains and brewing it that way. <laughs> and uh, I do it. They're both good, but... Uh, you gotta have a little more equipment to do it with the big fifteen gallon, like that. Yeah. yeah, you gotta have like all sorts of different equipment. But where, where, are, you gonna... your, where are you getting your bottles from? Just ABC them. <laughs> well, there was a time where I was saving every beer bottle, right? Yeah, and then scrubbing the labels off, and I ended up with ungodly amounts of beer bottles, and I ended up giving. Why them are you away. buying more of those? So... <laughs> I need them for the home brew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't waste it either. Um, I buy the big bomber bottles now. They're like sixteen ounces because bottling is a pain in the ass. So. Yeah. uh I do. It's, the bigger the bottles, the fewer number of bottles I have to do. Well, uh, are you going to do any this year? Yeah, I think so. Here okay. in a couple of weeks. Going to try the pumpkin again? The first day, uh, <laughs> you know, where it's nice and cool, I'll just put on like widespread panic and Grateful Dead and... <laughs> Walk in and run listening to string cheese and yeah, <laughs> exactly. String cheese is good. <laughs> it's like it's music designed to do for brewing beer. Yes, <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, anyway, that's it. I just wanted to get in a conversation about that because you know it's in, we we 
we spend a podcast and we'll usually not except for tonight, ironically, but usually we'll have a beer and it's, it's funny how there is just kind of a, a, a clickishness with beer. You know, people kind of gravitate to certain things. I was thinking about it, you know, how it, you know, in Colorado is in Colorado have the most microbrews in the country. Close. Or is it close? I mean, it's like Oregon and I California and, and Colorado. Yeah. I mean, three. it's just like we got a lot out here and I, you know, we get to experience all this, you know, different flavors and all that. And, you know, there's going to reach a point where we can't, you know, they can't, you know, it's going to be putting like current currents in there or like, uh, you know, it's going to be, uh, um, chutney. People are doing that. See, that's the thing I wondered though, because with anything, I mean, you can talk about this with, you know, beer, coffee, iced tea, with all the different flavors and flavor combinations that just keep getting churned out. I don't know that's necessarily a good thing. I know. You know, I think it's kind of coming back the other, because I I hope they get crazy for a little bit. Yeah. And I think it's coming back to just, Make three or four really good beers. It's quality. Make really well. Yeah. Because if they're drinkable and, and they have a clean taste to it, most people will drink it. And, you know, you can get a little creative with flavor. You know, there's lagers and pilsners and all those and stouts. But, you know, you can – and lagers. And, you know, listen, I, I used to drink a Dos Equis, uh Amber all the time. And uh, that was that was something I was like, I'll still go back to that occasionally, you know. But – most of the time with these these microbrews, it's like you know you're looking at it, it's like this is blueberry flavor. You know why why would I drink this? It's <laughs> yeah. a, a blueberry beer, you know. I remember I watched that documentary on Netflix called Beer Wars, mm. and there was like a gal that was going around trying to sell like an energy beer or oh, something caffeinated like, beer. Yeah, caffeinated beer. I was like, what? Like that might give you a heart attack, right? That's not a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think you should be drinking a bunch of beers and then going to the gym or something. Well, I know in Europe they the have like chocolate for? beers and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. And there's some that are really... i chocolate stouts where I'm like, I thought this yeah. would be like chocolate milk. Highly no. disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> no. Because chocolate malt is not chocolate. Yeah. It's, uh, right. <laughs> you know, like. But a chocolate some malt. So did this, now, <laughs> excuse me, waitress. This was supposed to be have chocolate malt in it. <laughs> and I'm not getting that at all. Not at all. Not at all. Please send this back. <laughs> Too oh, sweet. Send it on. So anyway, that's, that's what I had tonight, so. Good awesome. topic. Yeah. Really good topic. Beer. Well, we do have, uh, we wrap this thing up. We've got the Philadelphia Eagles coming to Denver for the Broncos fourth game. Anybody see any problems there? Feel the old Broncos? Some problems for the Eagles. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, they're gonna, our defense is really good. And we're gonna destroy him. And I hope Michael Vick is, I don't wanna wish pain or injury on him, but I hope he just is demoralized. Yeah. I think I expressed last week my hatred for Michael Vick enough. I think you even saw a guy like Wesley Woodyard flying around, like containing Terrell Pryor, and he even had a couple plays where, I mean, he would just put pressure on Pryor from like, 20 yards away, he'd close the gap and like, can we just give seconds. a quick shout out to Wesley Woodyard? Cause I love that guy. Yeah. And he has risen yeah. through the ranks from a special teams guy to a sub to now the starting middle linebacker for this team. Mm-hmm. He's much loved. Yeah, Wesley. He's, he's the, he's the mic now. And usually the mics are a little bigger than he is, but he's really excelled. He's very fast. Is he the longest tenured Bronco other than maybe Champ Bailey or uh, Clady? He's climbing up there. He is climbing up there. I think he's just always been there. Yeah. I think he's been there for a while. I think Clady's the longest tenured Bronco. Is he really? Because he came in with Shanahan in uh, 2008. Well, Wesley Woodard's been there. No, not longer than Champ. Oh, not longer than Champ. No, Champ is the long, yeah, that's right. 
But Woodyard's they probably, forgot about Champ, you know. Woodyard's been here five six years, years, five right? six years, something like that. Yeah. I would guess. Yeah, uh, I think. Uh, yeah, Champ's been here for almost ten. I'm really liking old uh, Kevin Vickerson too on yeah, the D line. I like, like Kevin Vickerson. I didn't really know if he was good in college or not. I have no was idea it, or kind of where he came from. I think it was, he would go to, I want to say Michigan State is popping into my head, but don't mm. quote me on that. Sort of like one play in this, in this Raiders game where he just was like, he got sideways on the guard, just his upper body kind of tor- contorted sideways and he just like plowed this guard back like four yards and I think the Broncos, it was a run play and they stopped it for like a two yard loss, but it was because of Vickerson just demolishing this guy. He's just humongous. See that you gotta it. give them props, that line props because of they completely shut down their running game. Completely shut down the Raiders running game. And they keep the, I mean, Vickerson and even, is it Knighton? Terrence Knighton. Terrence Knighton. I mean, those guys are yep. keeping guys like Wesley Woodyard from having to deal with offensive linemen. I mean, yeah. they're just, they're killing guys. Yep. It's awesome. I love it. But. Yeah, Philadelphia will be probably not quite as bad as the Jacksonville game, but it'll be, it'll be I, bad. I, how many points is our defense going to score? Uh, I think the I think the Broncos score two touchdowns next week on defense. So you don't like, just asking because you know like you said the the whole Chip Kelly offense is uh, the flavor of the week. You don't think that the, how many points do you think Philly's going to score this week? Ten? Oh God, I can't envision them scoring a single point. I think it's going <laughs> to no shut out <laughs> zero. I mean, can you envision? Any logical scenario where the Eagles score next week? I I can't. I mean, the Raiders put up twenty one. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Mean, Philly's a little more adequate. <laughs> I think they'll. I think they'll find the end zone at some point. Well, their defense will. had a bad night. They did. They had you know, the missed tackles. Well, they they, I mean, they had know. a they had a well they were having a good night until you know they they got short fields. Yeah, you know, short fields. So garbage time touch. I yeah. think I think there's no reason to think that they won't really drum up on the uh, Eagles, and I'm predicting. Pain. No less than 45 points scored. Well, here, here's oh, the thing working. too. You know, the fast-paced Eagles offense, I think, is going to come back to get him because you know, second half. Oh man, it second half could be ugly. Yeah. Like maybe they'll be within a couple touchdowns. Like I could see 21-7 or 24-7 at half, and then it's put the metal to pedal to the metal. Time Especially coming half. to Denver, you know, yes. we talked about that a lot with with the NBA it's side. It's not going to be fun for them. I mean, having the offensive lineman and defensive <laughs> so lineman in the second half in altitude, I mean, that... And then, I mean, see, that's when the running game toll. comes out. That's when you're really going to start to see them run the ball. And that's when you see the Broncos really, even last year, when they really started kind of, you know, turning it on teams, is, and even this year has been in the second half when they're just, you know, they're able to go to an extra gear and the other team is probably trying to catch their breath. I mean, it's just been sweet, so... Yep. It's going to be tough for old Philly. All right, guys. Well, Star Shirt, thank you for coming down. And thank you. Us. Very good. Thank you. I had a blast. Yeah, we're down here at the old Colorado Limited store, 1525 South Pearl Street. And ColoradoLimited.com. There's a lot of Colorado stuff in here. Just Colorado log on to everywhere. the internet. Yeah, yeah they got a cool it. new like uh, Bigfoot t-shirt, which is awesome. I'm going to get one of those, I think. Love me I don't know if they carry double XL here or not. <laughs> Makes you want to go do some squatching at some point, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. Go on squatching. <laughs> awesome. All right, guys. We'll get out of here. We'll right. see you guys Thursday for our Gamblers on the Storm episode.